Welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. And we are back doing what you guys all want, more draft profiles as we inch closer and closer to the draft. Today, we're looking at a Swedish-born player who plays for the U.S. National Development Team in Qatar Gauthier. So uh, we're going to preview him, profile him, see if he'd be a fit with the Sharks. And of course, in our ever-ending quest to find William Eklund a friend. All that more on today's Locked on Sharks. Your Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, J.D. Young, um, contributor, of course, to San Jose Hockey Now and Fear the Fin. And we are diving deep back into the profiles, as you guys all love and enjoy. Um, trying again to find that friend for William Eklund. Um, on today's show, we do have uh, an expert on uh, Cutter Gauthier, uh, whose dad was a former shark, and I believe uh, Shang Peng had it where he le- all-time leader in uh, save percentage against uh, for the sharks that he stopped three of three shots. So good for him. Uh, but if you guys are new to the podcast or just checking out for the first time, uh, what I'll do is I'll dig into the stats, uh, kind of a quick overview of the stats for the player. And then we will bring on an expert to kind of break down the player, um, see if they are worthy of the Sharks pick at number 11 and, of course, how they would fit in the Sharks system. Um, so, of course, let's talk about one uh, Cutter Gauthier. Uh, he is a January 2004 uh, kid, born in Sweden, but then moved to the USA. Um, his dad played pro hockey, as I said. Um, six foot three, 194 pounds, uh, plays center left wing, but I believe he's going to be more of a left wing when he gets to the, uh, as he kind of continues his development. Um, ranked everywhere from, you see him like 12th, uh, elite prospects. Uh, Bob McKenzie has him at 13th. McKeon's has him at 20. Craig Button has them at number seven. Uh, Smart Scouting has them at number 18. Um, last year on the U.S. National t- uh, Under-18 team, uh, played 54 games, had 34 goals, 31 assists for 65 points. Puts him at a nice 1.20 uh, points per game. So now we bring in a new friend of the show. Uh, Paul Zuck, who writes for Smart Scouting, did the profile on uh, Cutter and also writes for Buffalo Charging. Paul, welcome to Locked on Sharks. I hope the expectations aren't set too high of how dumb this podcast actually is. <laughs> no, no, it's great, JD. Thank you for having me. It's a blast to come on and talk about one of my favorite players for the National Team Development Program for the U.S. and obviously for the upcoming 2022 NHL draft in uh, Cutter Goche. So Cutter Goche, he's... Kind of, it feels like a little bit of the lost guy when you talk about some of the other guys on the the, the national team. You know, you have Frank Nazarin, et cetera. Um, what makes him worthy of a potential, you know, top half of the first round pick for for Cutter? So obviously, like you mentioned, when when you're talking about the development team program uh, out of the U.S., you're talking about Logan Cooley, you're talking about Frank Nazar, you're talking about you know guys like Seamus Casey on defense and stuff like that. 
Cutter Goche kind of goes, I don't want to say under the radar, but he's definitely not like the first name, at least in many people's eyes that pops up. But when I think of him, the first word that comes to mind is versatile. He can play in any spot up and down the lineup. He can be your first line winger. He can be your third line center. It doesn't matter where he plays. He's going to be successful. And something like that bodes very well for him, not only at uh, the NCAA level where he's headed next year, he's off to Boston College, but also at the NHL level, obviously, you want to have players in your lineup who can be versatile and can basically play in any situation that they're presented with. So I, I think a lot of teams are going to be having him high on their radar. Um, but yeah, like when it comes to his gameplay, just the versatility is off the charts. So, I mean, he's a big boy and kind of fits under that power forward type of mode, right? Is he one of those, I don't want to say Timo Meyer, but kind of like a, a mini Timo Meyer where he's going to take the puck and just kind of drive to the net? Or like, what's his kind of play style for someone who's, I mean, he's 6'3", 194. That, that's a pretty good size for someone who's only 18 right now. Exactly, yeah. His size definitely bodes very well for him at the NHL level. I mean, going in, he doesn't really have to gain, you know, a whole lot of weight or he doesn't have to go through like a, a short growth spurt in the next, you know, six to eight months or however long it may take him to kind of reach, obviously, full physical maturity. He's almost there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you describe he's a power forward and that is the true definition of his game. That's That's his bread and butter. I mean, like, he plays at a high pace, but he also doesn't play you know almost like as he's in a rush it's very relaxed so i mean when you look at his game it it looks very mature and it looks i don't want to say it's pro ready but it's pretty close um but yeah like you said he's a power forward when he's in the corner he can muscle people off the puck using his size but he's also got the skill and the talent to kind of fend off you know defenders from trying to get the puck so i mean he's able to protect the puck down low in the corner and then he's also very talented with the puck on his stick so i mean he can either shoot the puck from anywhere you know like he loves to shoot from the left circle um he can wire a shot in i love his shot his accuracy needs a touch uh, <laughs> a touch of work there but in the grand scheme of things i mean he's he's dynamite so it seems like i mean he, this is kind of a, a great package where it's, you know, he plays a full 200 foot game. You know, you say he's very versatile. Um, you can play up and down the lineup. Um, you know, like what's the issue here, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, when you're looking at things, I mean, there's not going to be, unless you're Connor McDavid or like Wayne Gretzky or Sidney yeah, yeah. there's not going to be an aspect of your game that couldn't use work, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, when I look at him, there's a few things that I would like to see a little bit of improvement on. He does tend to shoot the puck a lot, which is not a bad thing. But when it comes to accuracy, like the absolute last thing you want to see is if he's rifling a wrist shot on net from the left circle and it misses the net. And he is a very powerful shot. If that puck rings out around the boards and out of the zone, that's just an offensive zone killer. Yeah, and you just obviously, set up the transition going the other way, like right there. Yeah. Exactly. The, the last thing you want in the offensive zone is an unforced turnover. So, I mean, mm -hmm. from that aspect, he could stand to work on a shot accuracy a little bit. Um, and one thing that I noticed about his game that personally I like, I like a risk taker. I mean, obviously high risk, high reward. Yep. Um, so the one thing that, you know, he may look to address as he kind of develops at Boston College and obviously as he transitions into the NHL in a season or two or however long it may take him. Uh it might be just to kind of mitigate those risks. I mean, like I said, I'm not, I'm a risk. Like when I like to watch players, I like to, you know, if they're going to take risks, that's great. But 
obviously I'm not everybody. I don't work in the <laughs> NHL. I'm not a coach. I'm not a scout. I'm, yeah. You know what I mean? So he may look to kind of limit those um, risks just a tad. I mean, obviously you're still going to want to create that offense because when it works, it looks pretty and it works. But when it doesn't, it has potential to kind of get a little ugly. So, um, and aside from that, the only other thing I could say uh, negative about his game is maybe just his shift to shift consistency. I mean, there's a couple times where he almost kind of looks checked out, but not like to a terrible extent. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of, you know, making a more consistent game. But you know what isn't a risk? Checking out rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to find, stock all the parts you need. So I endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questions. What type of car do you have? Does your car go broom? Et cetera, et cetera. And then the person behind the computer, they kind of clack at their computer and then they can't, they only have one part because that's all they carry in the warehouse. You don't have to worry about that with rockauto.com. You save time and money when using rockauto.com. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. This podcast is a 100% pro doing it yourself. And prices are reliably low for every customer. So they have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find those solutions to your auto part needs. Head over to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear Best box. That way they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rock auto.com all right so you you kind of talked about his versatility and i mean we've see especially with players this age where it's like they might be dynamos in the offensive end and of course their defensive game needs to you know evolve and mature as they play with Gauthier, that doesn't really seem to be the issue right like you he's a three zone player right now going in you know going to boston college right Exactly. Yeah. One of the aspects I think a lot of teams, scouts and GMs will love about his game is like you said, he can play 200 feet. There's not an area of the ice where his game lacks. I mean, he does get the majority of his time, obviously, in the neutral and offensive zone, which is obviously going to happen with a player of his you know, skill set mm-hmm. and caliber. But I mean, that's not to say he's a slouch in the defensive zone. I mean, one aspect I like of him is he's able to use his size like when he's killing penalties, he can use that size. The six three, obviously, with his stick, he can defend and block a lot of passing lanes and a lot of shots obviously just getting himself in the way which is a huge bonus um there's not going to be a coach anywhere out there that won't appreciate a good penalty killer yeah um so also with you, that Matt, yeah, no. sorry <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. so i mean when i look at stuff like that i mean his physicality too in the defensive zone he is not afraid to punish you know an attacker that's trying to break in or whatnot or if someone's trying to get cute at the blue line, he's not afraid to lower the shoulder and, you know, absolutely plaster that poor kid. So um, he's also incredibly talented. But like if the NDTP is, you know, hemmed in their zone, um, he's able to kind of, you know, take control of the situation and hopefully end that, you know, defensive zone pressure. Nice. Um, so is it, you think, maybe just a, a ceiling thing? What is his ceiling, you think, as an NHL prospect? I mean, if you're going in the, the, kind of the middle of the first round I, you know like we talked about like Cooley and Nazar are been ranked higher than him is it just because you're getting a maybe a high ceiling low floor type of player with him or 
low floor. Anyway, yes, the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what you meant. Yeah. Um, it, honestly, it's so hard to say. I mean, I'd really mm -hmm. like to say that, you know, he's going to turn out to be, you know, like a 70, 80 point player in the NHL, but it's just, it's so far ahead. It's hard to, it's hard to offer a, a realistic projection. That being said, I mean, I would love to have him somewhere in my middle six. Um, I do think, like, obviously he's capable of playing at center and the wing. I think his game and skill set's better suited on the wing in the NHL um, once he gets there. Um, so, yeah, somewhere along, you know, maybe second or third line, I'd love to see him there. As far as the ceiling goes, I mean, he definitely has the potential and the skill set to kind of become that first-line winger. Um, it it kind of just depends on how, you know, what system he gets into and, you know, how a coach would like to utilize him. Um, so he's off to Boston College, as you said. How long do you think he'll be there before he's ready to kind of make the jump to the AHL or slash NHL? I can see him probably spending at least a year. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to say two for sure because obviously we've been shocked before by you know players coming yeah. out of college going right to the AHL and everyone develops at a different rate. So I'm yeah. going to say at least a year, but don't be shocked if it's two. That makes sense. I mean, we saw you know like Thomas Bordalo. I know he was a second round pick, but you know spending two years there. And yeah, I mean, I, I think two years kind of feels right for a lot of kind of like first and second round, unless you're, you know, like top, top, top at the end of the draft. Um, yeah, I feel like two years kind of feels right. So um, the big question, right? The Sharks, of course, last year selected William Eklund. Um, everybody we talked to loves William Eklund. How could you not? It's actually a prerequisite um, to come on the <laughs> podcast. You have to like William Eklund. How would these two guys play together, you think? Because it feels like there might be a nice kind of almost you have Eklund doing Eklund things and then Gauthier just like powering to the to the net type of situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I think they'd mesh really well together. It's all just going to depend on how both, I guess, are utilized at that next level. Um, so it depends on, you know, who's going to play the wing, who's going to play center. Um, obviously they're both, they're both incredible talents and I think their games would play off each other very well. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see if the Sharks end up, you know, going up, they pick 11. Yep. Um, I can see them going up and I mean, it, you see a lot of rankings where cutters like, you know, we have met 18. I would have no problem taking him probably in the top. I, I want to say his windows like somewhere between eight to 18. Mm -hmm. It really just depends on how, you know, obviously teams fall in love with him or, or not. Um, but yeah, if, if he's there at 11 and the Sharks are able to grab him, I mean, it's going to be a stellar pick. And I think he becomes instantly probably the second best forward in their prospect pool. Wow. And second. that's no, that's that no knock on Bordalo and that's no knock on Aussie, but I think he's, he's a talent. It's, it's hard to deny. Oh, that's that. You just kind of answered, asked my next question. So yeah, it's, I mean, you know, look at the Sharks prospect pool. They, they have spent a lot of uh, assets on trying to improve their forwards. You know, the, the 2020 draft where they spent every pick on forward. And then last year, of course, picking Eklund in the first round. So you think he would instantly better be better than, I mean, I guess Ozzy was a late round pick in Portolo, um, who has already made the NHL. But you think he's a better prospect than those guys right now or when they were At coming up? 
I guess. Yeah, when they were coming out, I would say, yeah, I I believe Cutter is a better prospect. Um, And like I said, that's no knock on them. They're both incredibly talented players, and I think both are going to have decent NHL careers. I don't want to say too, too much and, you know, hype them up and then. Oh, we've already hyped up the Bordelow hype trade. It is already (laughs) off the station here on this show. I don't don't want angry Sharks fans coming in my DMs, but I mean, (laughs) we'll see what happens. Um, That being said, though, I mean, I, I, I can see Cutter fitting in that prospect pool very well. I mean, it's when you look at those guys, I mean, they all kind of have like a similar height and weight. Whereas Cutter obviously has four or five inches on him and probably 15 to 20 pounds by the time he hits the NHL. So, I mean, having that, that big body presence, I think would definitely be a huge asset to the Sharks prospect pool. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, they, they do have Brandon Coe, who was a fourth round pick and he's, he's been really well playing really well and is set to make his Barracuda debut. But yeah, the Sharks have really kind of honed in on a, style uh, of forward recently and i think sometimes you do have to have a little versi- uh, versatility in that so um one thing i did want to ask w- about uh Gauthier, where it's the sharks have been looking you know with these different forwards where they looking for those high iq kind of play driving how like think the game how well does does he does cutter think the game you think cutter think i think <laughs> i think i know there's a lot of things that's all uh, i think he his hockey iq is very high i mean mm-hmm. obviously there's sometimes like i mentioned before where he has those high risk plays that you know might not turn out but i mean you're not even thinking about those high risk plays if you're not thinking the game at a high level yep so one aspect of his game that i absolutely love is his passing there are many nights where he has at least like three to four passes where it's like wow how did he see that guy or you know how did he thread the needle with a seam pass through three defenders or like three defenders somewhere in the offensive zone. So, I mean, when it comes to the high IQ aspect, yeah, I think he's got incredible hockey IQ. I mean, there's a lot of times where he kind of gets overshadowed because of, you know, the likes of Cooley and Nazar. But I think when it comes down to the actual aspect of his games in the offensive zone, and that's not a knock on his, you know, neutral zone Mm -hmm. play or defensive zone play as well, but I think he'd fit definitely into that high IQ, you know, kind of mindset the Sharks are trying to build. All right. Uh, before we continue, let's take a quick break. Talk to you guys about our friends over at Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next year's NFL futures. Again, hammer the Dolphins over on wins. Um, they're going to win a lot of games. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wager information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. I don't want to hear about your Bills talk over there. I <laughs> I, I can honestly say I'm not a Bills fan. Okay. So. Sorry. I, I know you're right for Buffalo. I just uh, didn't want to assume, <laughs> but I was going to assume a little bit. So, um, so Nazar, who do you personally like between uh, Goche and Nazar? I know Nazar's been ranked a little bit higher and stuff. And I want to include Cooley, who's probably going to be a top three pick. So between, you know, Coach here, if if you're a GM at like, say, number eight or nine, who do you like between those two guys? For me, it's Nazar. <laughs> I'm a huge Frankie Nazar fan. I mean, I love the way he plays the game as well. And he's more of like, I don't want to say Cooley isn't a playmaker because he is, but I think Nazar has that, just that little touch of more like hawk, higher hockey IQ. Um, where I think his playmaking is just next level. And I mean, I, if I'm sitting there at like eight, I have zero issue. I'm running to the draft <laughs> table and throwing my card in for Frank Nazar. I mean, that would be a steal. Um, I'm hoping 
you know, he can kind of land in Buffalo, not trying to be biased or anything. That's yeah. Oh, um, I know that feels a very Detroit pick too. Actually they'll yeah. pick somebody from Sweden. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think between the two of them, uh, mm. Frankie Nazar is, is my pick, but it's closer than I'd like to admit. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Um, so where you, so you kind of talked about, you know, you think a range for him is eight through 18. Mm-hmm. Where does he end up going? I can, I, I really so I'll read the, say- if you want, I can read the, uh, all right. So we've got number one, Montreal, number two is New Jersey. Three is Arizona, four Seattle, five is Philly, six is Columbus, seven is Ottawa, um, eight Detroit, nine is Buffalo, 10 is Anaheim. The Sharks are 11. Columbus is at 12. Uh, Islanders are at the 13. Winnipeg at 14. Vancouver at 15. Buffalo 16. Nashville 17. And Dallas at 18. That's an interesting board. <laughs> I, I can see probably three teams in that window who I think where his game would, would really be strong. San mm-hmm. Jose is one. Columbus would be my other one. I think they're kind of lacking the presence that Josh Anderson brought to the lineup since he's been dealt. And I think Gauthier could kind of slide in and be that. Sort is he of that? Han- is he Josh Anderson handsome? <laughs> that that I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be able to comment on that. But I think in that kind of like maybe twelve to fifteen range, um, Winnipeg wouldn't be a bad option either because um, it's still kind of yet to be seen what they're going to end up doing with Pierre Dubois. But yeah, I would say probably in that twelve to fifteen range is where you're going to see him go. Gotcha. All right. Last question. So five years from now, I'm still doing this podcast. I have you back on. And I ask you, who's the best player that comes out of the draft? Who's the best player? I love Shane Wright. Don't get me wrong. He's a hell of a hockey player. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I feel this way, but it's going to be Logan Cooley. I mean, just, mm. you look at every aspect of his game and it's just, it's off the charts. I mean, there's not a thing that he doesn't do very well. Um, and he's kind of, risen up the ranks i guess this year really fast i mean like he if you look back a year ago at this time he was a first rounder but i don't think anyone was talking about him in the top three no yeah. he kind yeah, of it, had... it was like brown lambert uh you know and shane wright and yeah i guess yeah I Ivan Mirashenko or, yeah, I I yeah. <laughs> but uh no I, I when it comes down to everything and like you said five years down the road we're talking about this again I can I can honestly say that I think Logan Cooley is going to be the best player that comes out of this draft. Who is your biggest uh, kind of big out of like the top kind of ten guys or ten or fifteen? Who's your guy you're kind of lower on than maybe some of the consensus rankings? I would probably say, and I don't know if this is a consensus just among us at mm-hmm. Smart Scouting or if it's just you know personally, but I was high on uh, Simon Nemec earlier in the year, and then. Probably around Christmas, things started to kind of where it's not that he did anything wrong. It's just all the players in that kind of window improved. Like, I mean, you look yeah. at Uri Slavkovsky, who had just incredible World Juniors and then Olympics and then World Championship. It just seems he's been shooting up boards left and right. Mm-hmm. And then you look at guys like uh, David Juracek. I know he got hurt. Um, but since he's been back, I thought he's played fairly well. And I just I look at a couple other players just in that range, and he's like Nemec is kind of just I don't want to say he's tapered off, but I mean he hasn't really done anything to kind of keep up the pace. So I would say he's kind of lower on my board than than most. Awesome. 
Paul, you said it all. Where can the people find you and what do you got coming out next? You can find me on Twitter at PaulZook underscore 81. And currently I'm going to be working on a Jimmy Snuggerud report, another young talent from the United States National Team Development Program. Awesome. And of course, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Locked On Sharks. Um, you can listen wherever you get podcasts, of course, Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever. I mean, as a podcast, they're everywhere now. Um, you, you can watch on YouTube. Uh, we, are, of course, are getting closer to our 1,000 goal. I think we're trying to hit 1,000 by the draft, so make sure you guys subscribe. And you can find me on Twitter at MyFryHole. Thank you guys for making us your first Sharks listen. Go check out the Locked On NHL channel if you want to find out um, the insane McKinnon-McDavid uh, game that's going on right now as I record this. And we'll be back tomorrow with uh, some more stuff that I'm thinking of doing right now. Probably goalie stuff. So, <laughs> Bye, friends.